Welcome everybody to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I am your host, as always, Nicholas Wagella, here joined today for the first time a very, very old friend of mine, Eric Robertson. How is it going, motherfucker? Hey, you can't complain. Off work for the day, right? Have a good time. I know you've been get, bothering me to get on here forever, so <laughs> glad I finally made it. Pull that microphone a little closer to your face. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> Rookie mistake here. <laughs> it's the first time, everybody. Give, cut him some slack. Um, how you been? How was your weekend? My weekend was awesome, actually. Were you, I, uh, weren't you out of town? I was. I went down to Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was on a little golf trip. Fuck yeah, dude. How, how'd, how'd you shoot? Hit him straight? Uh, yeah, I hit it pretty well. Uh, it was a scramble the whole time, so as far as like individual stores or anything, kind of yeah. hard to keep track. But uh, mm. we played six rounds total over four days. and Nice. Oh, dude, I cannot wait for my golf trip. Yeah, I, uh, it's funny. Like Golfing's supposed to be relaxing, and by the time we were uh, driving back Sunday, I was pretty exhausted <laughs> after being out there drinking and playing golf nonstop yeah. <laughs> pretty much for four days straight i know you haven't been on my dad's golf trip yet but i cannot imagine you guys are been we're doing as much drinking as we're going to be oh i don't know it was getting pretty <laughs> heavy out there that's for sure oh sweet well maybe in the future we should combine trips and make one giant thing because i mean i'm trying to just expand the number of golf trips i'm doing there we like go. uh this was the first year i went on one i'm pretty sure caitlin might have killed me if i went on some more <laughs> but uh she already knows moving forward i'm gonna be expanding the golf schedule out a little bit especially yeah. once the kid's here yeah and you unfortunately well fortunately you're having a kid but unfortunately it's going to be right around the time where all this cool shit starts happening but anyways we're excited what's your what's your future kid's name going to be kinsley kinsley yep kinsley casey and kinsley and casey both with both with a k's yep just like me and Caitlin and well, I spell Eric with a K. Oh, like, For anyone <laughs> listening to this who might be a little bit confused, uh, I can't tell you how many things I've had spelt wrong in my life. So. He spells Eric with a silent K in the beginning of it. <laughs> a little well, bit confusing. Eric, why don't you tell the guests what we're drinking tonight, and let's crack these open. All right, let's take a look. It's yeah. by... Bureau of Nurse right there. Oh, all right. It's by Shorts Brewing Company, and we have Shikadelic psychedelic cat grass <laughs> yep psychedelic cat grass by shorts brewing um it is i doesn't say the percentage on here but i think i looked it up and it was like around seven percent it is shorts is our most popular beer company but it's been a while since we've had them i believe yeah it's been a, i took a break because they, they make like a new beer every week with the new label and it's always really cool so i try to get them as often as i can well, that's good for you then, because uh, we were just talking about when I got here looking around, uh, you're kind of running out of some beers to pick from at this point. Right, I know. I always, uh, we always compare every beer to Two-Hearted, and uh, that's, I told, the, my 100th episode is going to be a Two-Hearted showdown. Okay. Yeah, I know, uh, what was it, Batch 69 you did a couple ago? I know, and this <laughs> is fucking episode 69 turn your partner around and suck on each other guys <laughs> that would have been perfect if you would have saved that one i need to uh see if we can find you some beers with some correlating numbers moving forward i know well there was another one i did called like 400 divine rabbits but i'm not waiting till 400 to do that yeah 400 wow that would be uh That'd at be least like, a few years from now it's like we're shooting for that in 2022 like <laughs> uh so what do you think of this beer uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I know you say you kind of compare everything to Two Hearted. It kind of reminded me of it a little bit. See, told you guys, Two Hearted standard for beer. What is your favorite kind of beer? Uh, my favorite would probably definitely be a Weed Owl. Uh-huh, like, um, like a classic Blue Moon Oberon. Yeah, definitely uh, something along those lines. 
Uh, I know we were talking about it. I'm pretty open to drinking anything, just some of the heavier dark beers, not so much. Not a fan myself, so. I just feel full. I'll have one beer and I just feel full and just don't want any more. I just feel like I'm drinking like bad tasting ice cream that's kind of not solidified. <laughs> and I don't like that. I need a beer that tastes fucking bitter and gets me feeling a little good. Hopefully not too good. I do got to drive home after this, but we'll hey, see. We, we got a bed for you. <laughs> Anyways, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We got, do have Eric Robertson's fantasy preview. We're going to talk about the new R. Kelly song, and we're going to talk about divisive politics. So you know this is going to be a good episode when we have our, I think, like our third Republican in four weeks on. Beer number one. Sports. Eric, as we mentioned off the bat, we're doing your fantasy preview in honor of a future show coming to the Split Six Network, Swimming With or Maybe Swimming Over Sharks, um, posted by Eric and Mike Carls, who was on last week. Excited to start doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to start off mostly focusing on golf, just because we're still mm-hmm. a few uh, few weeks away here for some meaningful football. Right. So, and then once football season gets out, you know, I kind of start transitioning more of that. And that's what mainly I focus on is golf and football. Yeah, that's, uh, that should be fun. Um, you're leaving here today with a brand new microphone, just so you know. Just do not let me forget to give that to you. I did not know that. But uh, <laughs> all right, I'll see how long that takes me to get set up on my own. So I, You just got to plug it in. Well, you do have to download an app, but I'll t- I'll t- we'll talk about that later. All right. <laughs> um, but before we dive into football... Uh, you were bringing to my attention this baseball stuff that's going on. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a crazy situation. Uh, I believe it started about two weeks ago when there was a relief pitcher pitching in the All-Star game. And mm-hmm. mid-game while he's pitching, all these tweets start coming out from when he was, I think he was like 15 or 16 years old at the mm-hmm. time. Yep. And uh, it was a bunch of um, slurs against different races and homophobic tweets, things of that nature. And he's pitching in the All-Star game, not even realizing all this stuff's coming out. And he's in the yep. locker room getting asked questions about it and crying. So obviously, he wasn't prepared for any of that to start coming yeah. out. And um, then, then you bought – I so I did hear about that. I think – what did we figure out his name? We don't we, – we, we could look it up, but we don't want to. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the first one. Uh, Matt – I feel like it was Matt something, but – I believe it was Hater, his last Matt name. Hater. I'm not I know, sure. He's from the Brewers, I believe. I know he's a really good relief pitcher for them. Yeah. But uh, the, actually, there's been two more recent incidents that have happened in the last week here. Uh, those ones I do know is Trey Turner, who plays for the Washington Nationals, uh-huh. and Sean Newcomb, who's a pitcher for the Braves. Uh, almost exact same situations where it's coming out mid-game. And were tweets just as bad? Or did you see any of the tweets? I saw a couple of them, and they were kind of along the same lines as yeah. the previous ones. Uh, Sean Newcombs was kind of interesting because he was actually in the process of uh, pitching the best game of his life. He was only mm-hmm. one out away from a no-hitter. So he's coming out of the game thinking he's about to do all these interview questions <laughs> about like how he pitched the best game of his life up to this point and all yeah. that. And then he gets out and gets hit with all that stuff. So uh, Talk about going from the best day of your life to the worst. Yeah. Not that I want to give him any sympathy, but that's got to be uh, quite the feeling, quite the roller coaster. Probably a lot like the Atlanta Falcons losing the Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> yeah, I can't really imagine what it would be like at all to be in that situation because it's one of those things where like they're out there, so like there's not much denying it or anything when you have a verified yeah. Twitter account. And, like 
I guess you could do the whole route of like, oh, I was hacked or something. But mm. these all came out when these guys were like 15 and 16 years old. Right. Like, no one's hacked in some 15-year-old high school kid's account. Right, and everyone says stupid shit when they're young. You shouldn't say it. And I think the most important lesson here is, first of all, don't tweet that shit. And I hope the younger generation is more woke than this one. And also, God, if you're a famous person and you have some shit in your closet that's on social media from when you were a stupid kid, get rid of it. What you can pay someone to do that for you, or you, like you were saying, just delete your goddamn Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why if I all of a sudden had this platform or I was in the public spotlight, I would just delete my social media and just make a new one that's reflective of me as a professional. That way, you don't got to worry about all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. My 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 brother Dylan uh, made me go through and delete anything that could be remotely against him. For him being a teacher and he's nowhere near in the uh public spotlight but i still you know he was taking these precautions and yeah i got a little salty about it but i understand yeah i mean i totally do it too when i was uh down in the military i was getting ready to get my job mike i was going through facebook and like finding all the dumb pictures we used to post yeah. from like high school <laughs> parties and stuff and making sure i deleted all of them just i mean i don't know if they even would have looked that deep for just a entry-level position but i didn't want to risk that being the reason i wasn't getting the position by any means yeah see i guess i don't know i guess athletes are different than us normal folk because you know they probably feel invincible going through life being that good and being told you're that good all the time but still let this be a lesson to you other players and future youngsters out there don't tweet these stupid ass shit especially now because anything you tweet even if you're a normal person and it's going to be bad you're going to be taken out for it i think yeah absolutely at this point and that's kind of going like uh why i wanted to bring it up a little bit too is kind of it's a really good conversation as far as like the mlb and stuff like what are they really even supposed to do about this i mean granted they're players in mlb now but like they weren't when they were 15 16 Mm -hmm. years old so i don't really know how the mlb should handle it moving forward yeah my advice for the mlb would be to talk to the players union get them to start like taking care of this shit but you can't punish them for this no i absolutely i that'd be outrageous if a 15 year old kid sends out a dumb tweet and yeah it's a horrible thing what he was saying stuff but these guys are like 23 24 25 years old now i mean this stuff happened almost a decade ago at this point you know and yeah i mean people change especially so much going through those ages so you know I'm a I'm a person that believes everyone could be forgiven for most things. So let's 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 cool it there if people are calling for suspensions. But also, let's not go over the top and start giving people standing ovations for coming out and doing these things. Like that screams of a more racist culture divide we had in this country, like which which we'll get into later. But uh, okay. <laughs> um let's Let's uh, talk about fantasy football, something we're all excited for and something I personally cannot get enough of. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Hall of Fame game, is it Thursday? Yep. And then, so until until after the Super Bowl, we have meaning... Well, I mean, you can, you can argue whether it's meaningful or not. But <laughs> not meaningful. We, not have, meaningful. we have football occurring, national professional football occurring until February for these glorious months. Yeah, this Hall of Fame game, that's kind of uh, the start off. I mean, is that it's Bears-Bengals? Uh, I know it's the Ravens. And oh, some, it, I, I know it's, it's the Bears. It's Bear, okay. Bears-Ravens. Then, yeah, it was the Ravens. I was listening to uh, talk radio earlier, and they were talking 
Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, and mm. this might be the first chance we get to see uh, Lamar Jackson get out there and get a little bit of run. Yeah. Um, so why don't we start there? Lamar Jackson could be a, a polarizing fantasy pick this year. I know he's probably not going to start because of Joe Flacco's Super Bowl win, but if Joe Flacco didn't have that Super Bowl, you know he'd be starting. And you know the thing is, is I'm not even convinced we won't see him by end of the year this year. I mean, mm. anyone who watched the Ravens last year, that offense uh, – it certainly did not look like a professional football offense by <laughs> yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, like you said, obviously, Super Bowl is going to give him enough credibility that unless he's really playing bad, yeah, um, his job's pretty safe, I think. Unless you see the Ravens start off. I mean, if they start off 1-6 or 1-7 or mm-hmm. something, I mean, at that point, it'd pretty much be a lost season for him. So who knows? Maybe we see him earlier than we think. Yeah, I know, and I think like even if they if they let Flacco start like more than a couple games, unless they're like winning, then it's a bad job on the coaching staff to not throw in Lamar Jackson. I know they might want to protect him because he looks like he could be fragile, and you know the nightmare scenario of RG three could happen. But it's fantasy wise, I think Lamar Jackson could be an absolute steal if he gets on the field. Yeah, I mean, if he gets on the field, if there's a one thing we've learned about quarterbacks, a lot of times they struggle as rookies, yeah, but these mobile quarterbacks who can make plays with their legs and yeah. get you a couple rushing touchdowns, I mean, that's all you really need at that point. Right, like, just imagine RG3's rookie season, like, he lit Fantasy World on fire, and the same with Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, uh, I don't know if he did it by rushing, I might just be stereotyping a black quarterback, but, um, you know... Lamar Jackson does have the tendencies of running and had the most rushing yards in college football last year, I believe, if you even include running backs, right? Uh, I'm not sure if it was the most, but it was an absolutely ridiculous season oh, that he had. Didn't have, Maybe he didn't have the most, but he had more than Saquon Barkley. I know that. That's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're talking a running back that's being hyped up as a first-round draft pick in fantasy football, and yeah. there was a quarterback that outrushed him last year. It's kind of wild to think about. <laughs> Okay, so while we're on the topic of rookies, we all know Saquon Barkley is going to be good. I'm sure you have him projected to the first round, right? Uh, I haven't started really going through stuff as far as ADP. Mm-hmm. I'm at this point just kind of more going uh, team by team and just figure out who I think to have opportunities and stuff. Because ADP is going to change so much throughout the preseason with injuries. Yeah. Uh, main examples, uh, Kareem Hunt last year. I mean, he was going relatively early for a backup running back because people knew how good he was going to be but yeah. as soon as Spencer Ware got hurt all of a sudden he was shooting up into early first early second round pick before it was all said and oh, done really? I think. wow I didn't even know that I was surprised <laughs> I was like somehow out of the loop at the end of the year last year for our fantasy league because I didn't even know who Kareem Hunt was oh yeah I mean he was shooting up way uh, way high because the Spencer Ware injury happened I believe right before our draft Okay. Because I yeah, know yeah, yeah. I had a pick higher up in the first round, so I was hoping Spencer Ware would maybe be there at like the 2-3 the turn mm-hmm. for uh, me to have a shot at him. But Mike Carls, Mike absolutely Carls. in love with him, and uh, reached and took him. I think it was the mid-second round. He uh, he might have. Well, I think it was the fourth round, actually. But Was it? All right, maybe it was. The second round, he got Todd Gurley, of course, and that's why he is a three-time champion, you know? Yeah, you're <laughs> right. So maybe I'm thinking a round or two ahead of uh, where it actually yeah. was at. But uh, Kareem Hunt, he's going to be up there pretty high in the draft board this year, too. So, you, you know, who's going to be that Kareem Hunt this year if you could pick from the rookie running backs? It's Barkley for me. Well, no, Barkley doesn't count because Barkley is more playing like a role where he's, you know he's going to be good. Take Barkley away. Who do you got? 
All right, so we'd be more looking for someone that might be able to step in. Someone with that a, might maybe could go in like the like the next rookie drafted, basically, because you know they're probably going to be until at least the third or fourth round. Someone that can go in third, fourth round, maybe a little later, that is going to pay off on that value. Um, as far as opportunity, I think uh, in Washington, uh, Geis. Okay. Uh, just because I mean they like Chris Thompson, yeah, but I think they even realized it last year. They probably overworked him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, P. Ryan's still on their roster, I believe, but he's shown that he's not anything special, yeah. so I don't see him threatening. I don't even know if uh, Fat Rob Kelly's uh, still on the roster. I don't know. If, if you have money, teams, drop him. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't hold on to him. Even if he's on the roster now, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a different team come the start of the season. But uh, he'd be one of the biggest ones for me just because of a uh, workload. Okay. And, um, I mean, they've had some running backs. I remember when Alfred Morris came in and put together a couple really nice seasons right off the bat. So yeah. mm-hmm. kind of thinking he might be able to step in there and uh, put up some decent numbers. I think he's doing third, fourth round-ish Okay. in drafts at the moment. But I don't know. I think a lot of these running backs, I mean, Barkley's a, pretty much a can't miss, I think. It, yeah. Mostly just has a, the talent and the workload. I mean – even if he doesn't quite live up to be where he's being drafted, like I don't see any situation in which he's a bad player for your team. Right. I mean, there's concerns for that team based on offensive line and quarterback, but their weapons in terms of Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham Jr., and Saquon Barkley, they they honestly are contenders for their division. I know how good the Eagles are, but... Yeah, I mean, it's NFL. You never know. I mean, yeah. no one picked the Eagles to be a Super Bowl contender by any means last year. Some mm-hmm. people thought they might be fighting for a playoff spot or something, but I don't think anyone foresaw what happened last year right. by any means. There's one team that's always good, and there's one team that's always pretty good, and that's the Patriots and the Steelers, in my opinion. And one of them, as in the Steelers, has got the skill players. The other one has got... Uh, best quarterback ever to play the game so i'd agree with that <laughs> you have uh, any concern about big ben this year i i haven't had i i would i would never draft big ben um and i haven't in a long time so yeah i mean i guess i have concern i you know i i don't have a strong opinion either way but yeah i'm a little bit worried about it i mean uh he's had some pretty ridiculous differences in how he plays on the road and at home mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a little bit concerning. I mean, you still have to play half your games on the road. So. Yeah. I don't, but, know, I don't uh, buy into that. I feel like it's I just norm- a coincidence. Yeah, I normally don't buy into stuff like that. But, I mean, we're talking like two or three years now where it's like very, very drastic numbers. So mm-hmm. I don't. I think it might honestly be something more like game plan. Like when they're on the road, they try to run the ball a little bit more and control the game and stuff. Yeah. I think that might have more just as much to do with it as his actual performance. It'd be interesting to compare Le'Veon Bell's home road splits with Ben Roethlisberger's. You should check into that for your podcast. Yeah, that's uh, it's not something I've looked into yet, but I'd be willing to bet if Ben Roethlisberger's numbers are considerably worse, that would obviously mean they'd be getting Bell the ball a lot more. Right. So it's definitely worth looking into. And I wonder what they're, not even like in terms of numbers, but in terms of like winning and losing games, because every team loses more games on the road than at home, you know. So I wonder if it's that drastic, like, or if the number, like, because if if Ben Rattlesberger is um, performing bad fantasy wise on the road, but still winning games, then that's not really a concern, I don't think. 
Like, yeah. You know, then it's a game plan thing. Not you know? as nearly as much for the team. I mean, I yeah. know the fantasy numbers are pretty bad, and mm-hmm. for well, us, that's mostly what we care about. But, but then you can't just go and say Ben Roethlisberger sucks on the road. Like you have to, you have to clarify that. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely some context. I mean, some of it could be game situations. I mean, obviously, if they're in the lead on the road, he's not going to be throwing the ball as much. They're going to be trying to melt out the clock. So, so Todd Haley's gone from there. I know you were notorious oh, for hating Todd Haley. Who do they replace him with? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Someone better than Todd Haley. <laughs> I know that. So, um, well, I guess without knowing who he is enough, so you, you would expect more from Le'Veon Bell then, right? I would hope so. Um, in all fairness, I mean, Todd Haley – Pretty good offensive coordinator. Their offense has been yeah. awesome for years. Um, I'm a little biased against them personally because as someone who's had Le'Veon Bell in recent years, uh, sometimes the play calling can get pretty infuriating. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really know if Le'Veon Bell can get more touches. Uh, hopefully he's in training camp so he doesn't just pack it in the first four weeks like he's been doing recently. Yeah, I mean, that's if I was him, that's what I would do. I would just hold out, wait to play. Because yeah. you know that this is the last year he's going to be there, and you know they're going to work him hard. I, and I was going to say, that's one of the main reasons I think you might see the career year out of Le'Veon Bell is at this point, mm. it's pretty obvious it's his last year there. So, I mean, what does Pittsburgh have to lose other than just give him the ball 25 times a game? And, yeah, right, and then have someone else waste a bunch of money to pay for an old running back with a lot of miles. <laughs> yeah, so if anything, <laughs> you get the better year out of him, and then maybe he's a little bit more worn down when some other team has him against you. So. so in terms of Todd Gurley versus Le'Veon Bell, you still team Gurley for fantasy wise? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I uh, Sean McVay, I got a little bit of a man crush on as far as a coach. <laughs> um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm pretty against any team hiring old coaches at this point. Yeah, uh, me too. After watching what Jim Caldwell did to the Lions, so. yeah, it just seems like all these teams that bring in the young coach, like everything just mm-hmm. miraculously turns around because they're just a little bit more in tune with how the NFL is now. A lot of these guys that started in the late 90s and stuff like it's just a different game it's not the same now right if the 2014-15 Detroit Lions had Sean McVay as their head coach they would have won the Super Bowl because that <laughs> roster was fucking stacked with Calvin Stafford Ndamukong Sue Anza in his like they just oh and we are we beat that fucking Dallas team and you know they picked up the flag whatever but we had that fucking terrible-ass Joe Lombardi offensive coordinator, and we thrived in spite of him. But, you know, I don't know. All right, that's that's too much Lions talk. Um, uh, speaking of Lions, on Johnson, you have biggest a fan as the person that was on this podcast last week? I am not. Okay, let's hear the differences. All right, it's uh, not so much the player, but I think there's a pretty good chance the Lions are a pretty full-blown committee this year. Uh-huh. And I just don't seem to think he's going to get as many touches as uh, Mike, who you're referring to, does. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of Patriots staff in place now. I think they brought LeDarrett Blunt in with the intentions of trying to use him exactly like they did in New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, that big goal line back, I think he had like 18 rushing touchdowns that year with them. Because they would just get down their goal line passing and bring him in, and that's all he was good for is he'd just punch him in. Yeah, here's the thing, like, I know that people always assume we're going to run the Patriot system, but we kept the same offensive coordinator for a reason. And I don't think – because Patricia, is like Sean McVay, is young, but just a defensive-minded version of a young coach. Um, so I think the offense is going to be left more to um, Jim Bob. Jim Bob Cooter boy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, 
I don't think that as coaching staff that could see if Carrion Johnson is as good as hyped up to be. I don't think that they're going to take the ball out of his hands and try to get cute because that would be so fucking stupid in my opinion. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's as much the Lions are going to change their system. However, I think that they knew that LeGarrette Blunt was good at that one specific role. I mean, it doesn't matter what offensive system you're running, you're going to have a goal line package running back. Right. Yeah. And I think it's more they just brought him in knowing like, he can do this one thing very well. Now, the way I could see Johnson have a big season, because I don't want to forget Theo Riddick either. That's, yeah, Theo Riddick's great. If it was just LeGarrette Blunt, I probably wouldn't have as many concerns. But then you start talking about a running back who's an elite third down pass catching running back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, all right, so you brought in one guy who I believe is going to do a lot of the goal line work. And then you still have another guy on your team who's probably going to do most of the pass catching work from the running back position. And it's kind of just making me wonder where, I mean, pass catching and storing touchdowns are two of the most important things you can do to increase your value in fantasy. So it's kind of making me wonder, all right, well, what's he really going to be able to do? Yeah, he might be, I could see the scenario where he's just really good for the team, but not good for fantasy. Yeah, I I completely agree on that. I think I'm a lot more excited to have him on the Lions from a real football perspective Mm -hmm. than I am a fantasy perspective. All right, so uh, let me ask you this more about rookie running backs. You already said you like Geist the best besides Barkley. Um, Well, at least in fantasy. And this is always just in fantasy terms. So, Kerryon Johnson, uh, Ronald Jones, um, Sony Michelle, or Penny? On the Seahawks. Yeah, Yeah, I know who you're talking about. (laughs) I forget his first name. Just who I like next, uh, most out of those guys? For fantasy-wise. All right, I think uh, Penny, Mitchell... Penny was drafted first, then Michelle, then Jones, then Johnson. Michelle's an interesting one, because mm-hmm. it is the Patriots, and anyone who's played fantasy with the Patriots knows running backs with them. No one really knows what's their, yeah. what they're going to do besides them. Right. Um, that being said, they've had running backs have quite a bit of success there. I mean, it's... Sometimes difficult to figure out which backs going to do well. Mm-hmm. But if you get the right one, that running backs had quite a bit of success there. I mean, rather it was LeDarrette Blunt a few years ago, or Deion Lewis has done some big runs. You saw James yeah. White dominate in the postseason two years ago, I believe. I think Rex Burkhead was no chump last year when he was healthy, right? Yeah, when he was on the field, he was pretty good too. So uh, they're kind of the same thing as the Lions as far as maybe training camp will help us see the roles yeah. these guys are playing a little bit more. But uh, I would definitely be excited about him if we find out there's any chance the Patriots are going to have a, a big role cut out for him. Right, and they did draft. I don't remember the last time they drafted a running back in the first round. So that's – granted, it was the second-to-last pick of the first round, but still. And it, I definitely think that says something about what their plans are too. So that's one of those situations definitely be keeping an eye on, mm-hmm. uh, kind of seeing how it plays out as training camp goes. I did hear somewhere that he was the best like pass-protecting back of everybody that would be awesome because that would definitely make it a lot easier for him to uh get on the field and stay yeah. on the field if tom brady can trust him in pass protection right and you know so uh the other three penny i know the seahawks are probably gonna be terrible this year i think they were gonna be bad yeah i their defense has fallen off they're they don't i don't think they even have an, anyone playing offensive line right now they're going to be pretty bad. I honestly think, like, fantasy perspective, like, only people I'm really interested in there are Russell Wilson's shown he can put up awesome numbers despite them having a terrible line for years yeah. now. Just as he can run around and make plays. And then the number one guy he likes to go to is Doug Baldwin. I don't see any reason why Doug Baldwin shouldn't be able to put up 
relatively similar numbers to what he's been doing. But yeah, offense as a whole, um, yeah, I definitely think they're going to be taking a step back. Um, not really interested in Penny because even if the offense, even when the offense has been good, I mean, ever since Marshawn's left, they've mm-hmm. just had zero ability to run the ball. No matter who they gave four or five guys a chance last year, I think, and yeah, no one could really grab a hold of the job. Yeah, I'm, it's interesting because Penny was the second running back taken, so and that 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 reason alone makes me a little bit more intrigued by him. But at the same time, I don't think because I we were in a dynasty league and I have the second overall pick and the fifth overall pick, so I know I'm getting two of these running back because my receivers are fine, just my running backs are garbage. <laughs> I would not be doing Penny personally there. No, I mean I'm I'm leaning towards on Johnson because I can't help my lion uh, homerism. But I really want Geist to fall to me as in the fifth. So I just got two other running backs to go through, and you know. So Geist is your favorite or your second favorite? Yeah, I think that they could work out well uh, in Washington because there's not much competition there. Yeah, I just think he has the clearest role to just having a large workload, mm-hmm. other than obviously Barkley. But right. he's kind of excluded from this conversation at this point. You know, I want to draft Nick Chubb, but you know the Browns and. You know, Carlos Hyde's not a bad running back, so. Yeah, Carlos Hyde's a good running back, and Duke Johnson's still there, who, from a pass-catching perspective, had a pretty amazing year last year. Right. So and it's I wanna... kind of the same thing as the Lions, where they got, like, a, a veteran bigger back and a elite pass-catcher there, so it's kind of like you don't know what the role's right. going to be. So you think Abdullah makes the team? I don't. Uh, I would have to look into it a bit more as far as his contract. I know he's still on his rookie deal, yeah. so it's probably a pretty team-friendly deal to keep him around. It is. So, I mean, if it's cheap enough, it might be one of those things they just keep him there for some added depth, but mm-hmm. I don't really see any role for him on the team at this point. I think we're just hoping that someone will take a trade for him, which I hope to. Get a, get a six-round pick for him. You can. Sure yeah, you that'd can. be the... That'd be the best case scenario. But the thing is, with all these running backs that have been drafted the last two years, like there's not a whole lot of teams out there who are trying to go out there and get a running back, being that yeah. a lot of them have taken them in the last year or two. Like they still got to have some confidence or else they shouldn't have taken them. Taking them. That's that's true. Um, I don't know. Send them to the Jets or something. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, think any of these running backs are getting overhyped because of what we've seen uh, rookie running backs do last year? Oh, a hundred percent. But I also. I mean, we. I think Saquon Barkley helps a lot too because he's. I think he's a- adequately hyped, even underhyped. Um, I think if he was on a better team, you know, he would be the first overall pick. Like I believe that. No, I totally. I don't know about first overall pick, but I totally agree on Barkley being the real deal. Uh, I think a lot of these other running backs, maybe we're trying to yeah. make ourselves buy into situations in which they're elite, but. I mean, all right, so in terms of on Johnson, not many running backs rush for over 100 yards against Alabama, and his running style being that it is compared to Le'Veon Bell's makes me really excited, coupled with the fact that the Lions could have the best offensive line in the league, especially on paper. That makes me super excited. And I know maybe the system won't put him to shine fantasy-wise, but I can't, I can't really see him, unless his health is a concern, being not stellar yeah i'm definitely excited for the lions Mm -hmm. as far as him moving forward especially maybe in a year or two when the running back field's a little less crowded he could really step up yeah Yeah. it's just uh from the fantasy perspective uh i'm just not as excited about him as i know a lot of people are all right so top four running backs rank them overall or the rookies no overall we're talking we're talking beginning of the draft Gurley's number one okay 
Le'Veon Bell's number two. However, the whole training camp thing is um, so that subject. Don't hold Eric's foot to the fire with that. Yeah, one. that one could change with the whole uh, training camp holdouts. Third and fourth, I'm kind of starting to change my mind down a little bit. I haven't actually talked to you about this yet, Nick. Okay. I might be coming down on David Johnson a little bit. Hey, coming around to the good guy. And coming up on Zeke a little bit. Okay. Uh, I don't think either team's going to be very good. Um, I am very confident that Cowboys are just going to absolutely feed Zeke as much as he possibly can handle this year. And Mm -hmm. even if I don't think they're a very good team, their offensive line should be pretty good again. Now that they're doing, uh, is it Smith? Uh, I, th- I think it's Tyrone Smith, their left tackle. Because last year after he got hurt, their entire line just oh, okay. absolutely went down yeah. the toilet. So, And, you know, they were I think they were pretty terrible without Ezekiel Elliott on the field. So, like, you just that just kind of shows you that Zeke is more than just the product of a good offensive line. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's nothing against David Johnson for me. I know you're concerned about the wrist. I'm not concerned about it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him, it's more just... I think they're going to be really bad. Yeah, and they should be because that's how you rebuild in this league. I mean, they're literally talking about them and number two pass catcher after Larry Fitzgerald, who's getting pretty old himself, and they're like, mm. David Johnson's would be number on the number two on the team in receiving. It's, so would you still put David Johnson four, or would you put Kamara above him? Or if we want to talk in terms of all positions, would you put Antonio Brown in front of him too? Let's just assume half point. I'm probably one of the few people who's not crazy excited about Kamara. Okay. I know I've touched talked to you about this. I think he's crazy explosive as a player and all that, but I believe he averaged over six yards a carry, which I know is a little bit of a flawed stat at times, but like yeah. when it's over six yards, like that's not repeatable. It's oh, not gonna happen. Yeah, I, I believe that yards per carry is a flawed stat when it's underperforming things. I don't think when people average like an insane six yards per carry, yeah, definitely flawed there. Like you're not gonna re- no one's gonna repeat that. And then it's kind of his touchdowns, too. Um, and this is maybe some more advanced stats than a lot of people looked at, but his so, touchdown. So we brought you on for. His touchdown percentage, I saw it the other day. It was over 6. I think it was 6.6%. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that the top 20 running backs in fantasy last year, they averaged 3%. So Does that, that mean means touchdowns per carry? No, like percentage of carries that he gets. Turn into touchdowns? Yeah. Okay, so that's an abnormally high. Yeah, so percentage. he was, and it wasn't almost all, twice as good as the average. Is that what you're saying? And it wasn't even the average of all running backs. It oh, was okay. the average of the top twenty fantasy running backs. Oh, so wow. he was storing touchdowns at over twice as high of a rate as all of the other top fantasy backs. Okay, interesting. Um, uh, where would you draft Antonio Brown? We're almost out of time. Uh, Antonio Brown, probably Fear in the five or six range at this point. All right, there you have it, folks. Uh, we didn't get to as much as we wanted to, but it's okay. We uh, we got lots of time to talk fantasy. Anyways. Yeah, we uh, we definitely got a few uh, few weeks here before the season even gets started, <laughs> so we'd finish up more on that. So for you and Mike's podcast, when do you guys do you guys have a planned first episode taping and release date? As far as we're gonna do kind of a practice go, just so we can work out some changes on it. Not really sure when that's going to be going. Supposed to be sometime this week, but still need to... How about tomorrow? Tomorrow's probably not going to work. Originally, the plan was when I was supposed to be over here on Wednesday that we were going to do them both back-to-back. 
Oh, oh, that would have been that would have worked out very well. Sorry, going to see. Speaking of entertainment, going to see the Arctic Monkeys on Wednesday. Well, who are you going to see that with? I'm going to see it with uh, a bunch of people that have been on the podcast before, except for Croc, my best friend, the only one that hasn't been on the podcast. But uh, Melissa, Brian, and well, Croc's never been on the podcast. Croc's never been on. He's been scheduled once, but bailed last minute. Classic Croc. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get him on one day. I think day. you've asked me three or four times, but... Mm-hmm. You've been one of the ones I've been looking forward to the most. I got kids, unlike a lot of people and stuff, so yeah. it's a little more difficult for me to get over here. But Right, and you live like 30 minutes away, so... <laughs> yeah, definitely not as convenient as Mike, uh, what, a mile down the street? Right, yeah. Mike is definitely the most... That's why I don't even really schedule episodes with Mike. I just, like, if I can't find someone, I'm like, I always know he's there. So, <laughs> sorry, Mike. I think you had, you know, uh, I love having you on. You had Brian Arnaldi on here before too, didn't you? Yep, that's probably the last time that's ever going to happen. How crazy <laughs> is that? You had uh, Brian on before me or Croc. <laughs> yeah, Brian was uh, one of my first like really good episodes. I think to be honest, because it was nice talking to somebody that didn't have like the exact same opinions as me. So, uh, um, speaking of somebody that doesn't have the exact same opinions as me, well, I want to get back to your original question here because I didn't really answer it for oh, anyone go, listening go right about uh, as far as the plans for when. Uh, Mine and Mike's podcast to be starting, not this weekend, but the weekend after is the PGA Championship, which is the last major of the year for golf. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one works out awesome because we're going to be mainly focused on DraftKings, uh, that type of fantasy playing. Yeah. And they always release the the prices and the salaries for how much you have to pay for each player out for the majors about a half week earlier than normal. Oh, okay. So that kind of seems like the ideal situation for us to get going because we'll have a little bit more time than usual to prep and get everything ready for it, uh, get all of our research done, stuff like that. And then it's also one of the biggest golf tournaments of the year. So we didn't really want to miss that. And then there's no more majors for the rest of the season. So Do you guys have like a, a thesis statement for your podcast? We do not. I mean, Mike kind of has one. So like uh, basically like you guys – I'm assuming – your podcast is trying to make other people money. Yeah, basically, uh, me and Mike, we started playing DraftKings, and I think it was around December, just a couple months after I got back. And I had played before, like, football last year and stuff, but yeah. nothing too serious. But we started playing NBA and really started to dive into it and do all the research done every day. Um, fortunately, I have a job where I can pretty much sit and research sports stuff all day, so it works out pretty well. If you're listening at Eric's job, he's kidding. No, it's okay. My boss knows I do it. Oh, but uh, Never mind. <laughs> I got a job that requires certain numbers to be hit, and as long as I'm hitting my numbers, then they don't really care what I'm doing. There so it works go. out pretty good for me. And I think that'll work out the exact same in terms of the success of this podcast. It'd be if you hit certain numbers, or if you can make a positive impact. Yeah, absolutely. And... um. But like I was saying, when we first started off, we'd play in these huge events with like thousands and thousands of people, and mm. you can put 150 lineups in, and me and Mike are putting like one, maybe two in, and honestly, playing like that, you just really don't have a shot competing with some yeah. of the larger players, or sharks, as they're referred to in the DraftKings community. Mm. So we're kind of focusing more on the average guy, like how we were when we were starting. Now I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm playing a few more lineups than like I used to and stuff, but not anything crazy yet by any means. Yeah. So we want to focus more on that. Uh, talk about what contests you should be playing in that give you an actual like realistic shot at winning. Uh, things of that nature. So focus more type your average person who's got a job and can't sit around and research stuff all day and play 150 different lineups. 
Yeah, I think uh, what I'm gonna plan. Don't hold, don't hold me, hold me to this. But I think I want. I was thinking of an idea for a segment on your thing is where you uh, gamble your producer's money, and like I just start you off the season with like a hundred dollars, and we see how much you can grow it to, or maybe lose it all. Who knows? But just like give it to you and just see what can happen. Like creating an own, an own account for that. Gonna hold you to that one day. <laughs> well, I couldn't create my own account because actually DraftKings started cracking down on that. Oh, well, you can use mine then and I'll just give you my password. That'd work perfect. <laughs> no, maybe uh, pretty cool. I Actually, they, there's a website where you can track it. You can pull up uh, like a certain date range mm-hmm. and it takes every event you played in, what your total entry fees in, how much you won over that time and everything. So you can kind of like really track how you're doing. Nice. Well, I'm excited for this. It's going to be the first, or well, I guess technically the second podcast on the Split Six Network, or the third, sorry, if you if we count the Split Six podcast. But me and Mike don't do our other one anymore, so. What was one you guys were doing? I'll review a full anonymous. It was a podcast where we reviewed a different podcast. So it's like Inception, Inceptioning a podcast. Okay, and how many episodes <laughs> did that one go? We went like, probably like five or six, uh, and we got pretty a pretty good reception to it but really we just kind of stopped doing it well i mean i guess it's kind of easier because if it's another podcast they probably have yeah. a pretty big following already so i know i feel like two- honestly i feel like if we started doing it again we would get a lot of listens because the facebook group we were posting in has like over twenty thousand people now and when it had like seven thousand when we started posting yeah, uh, maybe you need to start posting that again because that'll get you some more traffic on this and uh, some of the other projects I know you got planned for the future. You hear that, Mike? You hear that? <laughs> Anyways, on to the entertainment section. I know this is entertainment, but um, Eric, you fan of R. Kelly? Um, not really. Uh, I know he's had some scandals and uh, a few big songs, but not anything crazy for me. Well, he has a new song out on that he released on SoundCloud. Um, I'm trying to find the name of it, but um, I heard some sh- snippets of it. Oh, it's called I Admit. <laughs> and it's a 19-minute song basically saying, like, you can have your opinions, but just because you have your opinions doesn't mean I should lose a career for it, nor does it mean I should go to jail for it. When what R. Kelly is doing is grooming minors to live with him, and he probably fucking them, and keep refuse to let them leave his place and all with the promise of like a musical career it sounds um horrible like i believe one of the lyrics directly is yeah i like women old and young but that's my opinion <laughs> like doesn't mean i should go to jail for it or whatnot i don't even <laughs> know the full details he had another incident a long time ago and yeah he's he's, he's always been a fan of the uh illegally to fuck women (laughs) which is very troubling because you know i mean i've personally just went through this with my favorite band brand new where like i mean it's not jesse lacy stuff is it's equally terrible but not as horrendous as r kelly's like basically sex cult thing that he's running but so it was a 19 minute song yeah, I know. And it sounds like you know, that's, was maybe that's the worst crime of all. Was it like an actual song, or was it like more of a podcast and him just talking at some points? Uh, well, uh, let's see if we can find it. I mean, we could play a second of it. I mean, like who sits down and just listens to a nineteen-minute song? Yeah, no one except for unless you want to figure out what the fuck R. Kelly is talking about. Maybe I mean I could throw that on when I get my truck and like just almost listen to the same song my entire drive in the work. 
<laughs> Let's see if I can find some lyrics. <laughs> R. Kelly, he's been around forever. He's got to be getting pretty old now What's at this, this point, like, too, isn't he? What, or here, let me read. Uh, Jesus, look at this. I'm just scrolling through this page. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a 19-minute song. <laughs> the lyrics are pretty long. I'll just read some of the first ones. I admit I done made some mistakes, like grammar, and I have some imperfect ways. I have some imperfect ways. I admit I helped so many people, and then and them same damn people turned fake. Okay, I can't even deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's okay to have bad grammar in songs, but when you're confessing to stuff... <laughs> Well, it also makes it pretty bad reading it, too. Like, you don't yeah. realize how bad the grammar is when it's, like, an actual song playing, but when you're just reading the lyrics, like, it really yeah. stands out. That's tr- that is true, I guess. Yeah, some a lot of bands, like, if if, if you went uh, and looked up some bands' lyrics, they are pretty terrible just reading them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a, a well-kept secret that a lot of musicians maybe uh, aren't 100% sober at a lot of times they're making mm-hmm. music. And, you know, lyrics sometimes don't sound very good if you say them phonetically and grammatically correct you know yeah how that's are you gonna a, rhyme stuff yeah i was gonna say that's a huge thing with like rappers and stuff that would like put a play on a word or say it wrong just to make the rhyme with the previous sentence right i'm trying to find this opinions part that i heard you're gonna be strolling there for a while uh i think you're about halfway through the article and you've been strolling <laughs> this entire time we're talking about it here yeah you know what and we probably shouldn't even well, Whoa, hold on. What is this? Did you find it? Verse 7. No, it's something else I didn't see. Here, verse 7. What's the definition of a cult? What's the definition of a sex slave? Go to the dictionary, look it up. Let me know. I'll be here waiting. Now I admit I got some girls that love me to pull their hair. Now I admit that they love me to talk dirty when I, I pull their hair. Some like me to spank them, and some like to give brain. And what some of these girls want is too much for the radio station. Wait, so he's like <laughs> legitimately running a sex cult. Like it's yeah. not even like, uh, all right, some weird stuff's going on. Like he's pretty much just admitting to it. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I but, guess you said the song's called "Admit It," isn't it? Yeah, he's just like, he's just like taking no responsibility. He, he really, tr- I think he truly doesn't believe he did anything wrong. And you know. He, someone's got to talk to him that's the if that's the case yeah and i feel like that's kind of the case with a lot of people that are like that is like to them it's so normalized that they truly don't think they're doing anything wrong right no yeah and like that's like the thing like i was listening to actually this podcast uh today by radio lab which is like the best in terms of quality and editing podcasts are and it's called the 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 bad show and they're trying talking about like what is bad and what truly is bad and like it's all a matter of context really like for most things like there are some people that are just like straight up like there's some people and some acts that are bad but maybe our like i i truly feel like what if we're going to talk about this in terms of brand new i think jesse lacy and what he was doing to people he knew was bad and he knew was wrong and I'll be honest, I don't even know the entire situation with him. So what he would do basically is he would get these young like photographers or people that work with him, like bloggers, to come to brand new shows and like interview him. But during the interview he would like compliment them on their breasts and they're like fourteen, fifteen and like, you know, make it like all sexual and then get their screen names and like an instant messenger. So these are just like younger people who are like trying to get in the blogging or something. Yeah. 
he would give them like pretty much the opportunity of a lifetime, mm-hmm. knowing they would say yes. And then once they get there, he was just making it wildly uncomfortable for them and things yeah. of that nature. And then he would he wouldn't ever like sleep with them until they turned eighteen. But he would with it's called grooming. He would like condition them to like you know make them make them send them nude pictures, which you know, technically child pornography, and make him watch videos or like watch him like masturbate on camera stuff like really sick fucked up shit and you know r kelly i i guess the difference i think is like i mean if this song is at all what he if he truly thinks he didn't do anything bad yeah i mean i guess the difference is r kelly's like very publicly putting it out there himself because he just is delusional to the point that he's doing nothing wrong right but then jesse lacy you know that was all secret and I mean, I Which want, I don't want to say what R. Kelly did was because well, it it is way worse than what Jesse Lacey is. But if in context of, I almost think it's like worse with Lacey because from the aspect of like he knew something was wrong if he's keeping it that secretive. Yeah, like for all yeah. we know, R. Kelly truly maybe, believes this way. Yeah, like isn't all there on the situation or just out of touch with reality on it and like. He truly just doesn't believe he's doing anything wrong. You know, and it also probably speaks to fame because, I mean, R. Kelly had a much higher level of fame than Jesse Lacey and Brand New ever did. You he know, was also... That can go to your head. I truly believe that. Like He was also really famous a while ago, and I feel like he's kind of gone away for a little bit. So I feel yeah. like you kind of get to that point where it's like once you have that fame, then it goes away. Like you kind of like want to get that power of being famous back almost. Right. So this is bringing me to something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And for the longest time, I've stopped listening to Brand New and, you know, whatnot. And I'm sure a lot of people have stopped, that like R. Kelly, have stopped listening to R. Kelly. So how do you feel about, like, that? In terms of the art, separating the art from the artist, is it possible? Even if, I, what do you think? I believe it is. Um, I think there's probably a lot of music artists and stuff that have done some stuff that you really wouldn't approve of over time. Mm-hmm. The only difference is you just don't know about it. Yeah, just coming back to those tweets. Same yeah, thing. everything's out there now. It makes me wonder, like, all right, now Twitter's a thing. So everything gets out there. But, like, I'm sure athletes, movie stars, mu- musicians, like, back in, like, the 60s and 70s, like, I'm sure they did just as horrific of things, said just as bad of things. But there just wasn't Twitter around, so we just never even know about all of it. Yeah, I guess like I could. There's, I'm sure people did like these terrible things, but I think it's also you have to put it in context of the culture of the time, what's expected and what's not expected. Not to take shed any light, like from old rock stars, like definitely like abusing women in terms of just using them for sex and like getting backstage passes. Absolutely. People in terms of like getting to fuck them or whatnot. But it's kind of what you said too, like our culture's in different spots. Like back then, like it was so normal that like no one even like blinked an eye at it, which is obviously horribly wrong. But Mm -hmm. if they grew up their entire lives in a culture that was one way, like you can't expect them to just like take the high road when they've literally been raised that way. When Porky's was like the best comedy movie back in the day that revolved around people literally drilling holes into women's locker rooms to watch them shower like that shit is not gonna fly now but the culture of of the past is different and it's hard to it's hard to contextualize because i don't want to say that like they're okay because that's how it was but there's there's got to be something there there's got to be like a line that can connect the dots when 
because you people are easily influenced by other people and you're told what's right or wrong by your parents and your peers and you know everyone else in the whole concept of the thing I and mean, if a bunch of people are telling you that it's okay to do these things i don't know how much we can blame them for doing those no it's the whole like group think mentality mm-hmm. like if you just are told that something's okay your entire life like why would you not think it's okay everyone's right. told you your whole life that it is What's really interesting is like we're kind of one of the generations that's bridging the gap a little bit. Yeah. Like for when sure. we were younger, like there wasn't smartphones and Twitter and all of that going on. Mm-hmm. So we remember we, we still know the famous people who weren't from around, uh, like older people who this was normal to yeah. them. And we're also now seeing the shift in like culture and everything where this stuff's not okay. So it'll be kind of interesting, like uh, like my kids, for example, like once they're my age. They never would have experienced a world in which, like, making jokes about, like, look in the woman's uh, locker room, like you said, and stuff was okay. So, to them, I wonder, like, will it sound so ridiculous that that was acceptable that they won't even believe it unless they see that movie or something? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I just want to bring up one other movie. Uh, You ever see Revenge of the Nerds? I have not. (laughs) One of the things, one of, like, the big hilarious, and I'm saying that with quotation marks, things is that this guy fucks this girl while he's wearing a mask and the girl thinks it's her boyfriend and like that's just a big hilarious thing in the it's movie literally rape. it's just rape yeah <laughs> it's literally just raping someone <laughs> like and it's a funny it's not even like portrayed as like mm-hmm. something terrible in the movie like it's literally a no it's like a congratulations man i think she, and i think she ends up falling in love with him after that like <laughs> so that sounds so, like a pretty strange situation <laughs> but uh, so like you you know, the times, they are changing, as Bob Dylan once said. And the question is, like, where do we put the past in the context of now? Like, how do we, how do we rationalize these idols we were growing up with that did things in a different time? Like, I mean, everybody has done fucked up shit like Yeah, I that. mean, well, like, how do you rationalize anything that was done a long time ago? Like... I don't know, kind of knowing like military, like, can you imagine if the U.S. dropped a nuclear bomb on someone now? Right, yeah, exactly. Like, Even like that, like... That would, like, totally not be acceptable by anyone living here by any means. But, like, back then it was, like, I mean, it ended the World War, so people looked at it as, like, this is necessary. But I don't think there's almost any situation in which, like, people would just be that accepting of us using, like, a nuclear bomb or something, something like that. Right, yeah. So, like, it's just, people are just so much more aware now that of, That's, like, everything going on in the world or, like, in respect mm-hmm. to how people are being treated, things of that nature, when it used to be everyone just kind of turned a blind eye to everything that was going on. And that's one of the benefits of, I mean, one of maybe the only still benefits of social media is that we're all, we're all constantly aware of these atrocities that are happen, happening, which if I'm like sucks to be a honest. mainstream. Well, it, doesn't, it, it, doesn't, it, it sucks that... We're realizing all this bad. It's a good thing, but it's just tough to deal with. Yeah, and it's really tough because, like, social media, it's, like, so good and bad for these people that have these platforms. Like, when it's bad, it's really bad. But, like, there's also a lot of good that comes out of it. Like, I know I was bringing up the the school that's being opened thing yeah, uh, by LeBron James. Not trying to get into sports here, but... I was seen on Twitter today, like he was opening a stool and I believe the first day is tomorrow. And like, I saw so many things about it. I was like, all right, what is this? I clicked on it and started reading into it. And like, he pretty much built this whole platform through social media and business decisions. Like got all these people to support him to like open this stool. And it's like partnered with public schools and everything. 
Right. Yeah, and that's that's amazing, and that's like one of the benefits of social media. And you know, social media is not going anywhere. Like it might it may change formats. I know Facebook did lose like. Uh, it took a like, huge like, hit, like a hundred billion dollars in stock. Yeah, I saw that it took a huge hit. Which I don't know about you, but Facebook's kind of. I mean, I, I don't really post on there anymore. All I do is change my profile picture and like stuff, and constantly scroll through it. I do admit that I do that. Yeah, that's literally all I do on Facebook. Is like, oh, I'm sitting somewhere and I'm really bored, so I already made it through yeah. all of my Twitter feed. Now I'll go to Facebook yeah, and I, see some pictures or you, something. Are you on Instagram yet? I am not. Wow, you were one of the last holdouts, huh? Yeah, I am. I I got Twitter and I was kind of like, this is the last thing I'm getting <laughs> at this point, and I'm uh, kind of sticking to it. Which you really don't need an Instagram because half the stuff's just posted on Twitter. Yeah, I disagree. Instagram is great for conveniently looking through your past if you post like constantly. Like I can just like, I do often scroll through my Instagram, just like, oh wow, this has been this long, and like, oh, this is where I was at this part of my life because I remember. Like my the perfect example, beginning of my Instagram, all the first couple of pictures I took were just of you with alcohol. Oh, <laughs> awesome! Should have deleted those ones too for the job. We, huh? we, we were twenty one. We were fine. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Instagram came around late, so was it that late? I think so, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I just feel like it's been around forever, but it definitely was a lot more recent than uh, some of the other ones. Are you on Snapchat? I have a Snapchat. Don't use it, but I have stock in it. Okay, so you're uh, very attached to Snapchat. Yeah. More so. I hope than it other does ones. good, but yeah. I just can't buy in. Who are they owned by now? They're still owned by Snapchat. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. Was Insta- if they ever sell to somebody, I think I'm gonna. Was make Instagram a lot of money. the one that got bought? Instagram was bought by Facebook. Okay, I knew one of them did, but. Like I said, I'm not in, on Instagram, so I didn't pay much attention. Did you see any changes in Instagram? Like once they were bought by Facebook? Yes, uh, they started doing like the story stuff. But you don't, you don't know any. Of I have, I know nothing about Instagram. You, I know you, you post pictures. Do you have Snapchat? No. Okay. Well, then none of this is gonna make sense. <laughs> do you know any? Does your wife have either? Your wife yeah, has Instagram. She has both. Okay. Do you so ever, I, like, I know like shit? what a snort a story on Snapchat is. Yeah. Okay. Story on Snapchat. Instagram got them right when Facebook. Bought them okay. and direct messages, you know, like just same on Twitter, but like with pictures or whatnot. Or actually, you can just do it with text now too. It's basically just like, it, honestly, it's just like the same thing. They're all the fucking same thing because they all can do the same stuff. So, would you say Instagram's your favorite, or you like Twitter more? Or? Uh, all right, so I think they're all tied for me. Uh, Facebook is great for just blowing through my time, mindlessly scrolling through videos. They have the best videos on there. The easiest to watch videos they autoplay. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Instagram, it's just like scrolling through pictures of my friends and it's great for a personal time sake of me to like every picture. I don't have to like save my pictures anywhere. They're just there. Whenever I want to show somebody something that happened, I just pull it up. Twitter, I get all my... Well, I don't get all my, I don't get really any of my news from there, but like it's like my instant update news and all my sports stuff. If you're a Twitter. sports fan, you basically have to have a Twitter. Yeah. And and political stuff too, because I follow the president on there and get to like get mad every time he makes a fucking tweet. <laughs> but, yeah, I follow him on there too, and sometimes I see some things, and I'm like, all right, I'll keep strolling. I need to look to some baseball stuff yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't know how anyone doesn't get super upset anytime he tweets, even if you follow him, because he is. Oh, he! You just can tell he's there to incite violence. But, anyways, um, and then Snapchat, uh, great for younger people, because. You know, they, parents don't want them texting and you have to hide what you do. Like, you can't really have a conversation with your friends like we used to because we could just call each other and no one would know what we were talking about. I mean, about. you could still can do that. Right, right. <laughs> but you can, but it's not really... 
cool. It's not really the time anymore. Yeah, you know, you're like, right. we could have still called each other on um, like home phones, or we could have still wrote each other letters. Like technically, we could still do that, but it's I not think really I have socially written acceptable. you a letter before. Well, yeah, you were in the army. <laughs> Marines. <laughs> Marines. Sorry. <laughs> All the same thing. Blah blah. It's blah. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> um. But you know, so it's all. I I think I think Snapchat. I don't see it going away, because it's just such a great way to uh, communicate secretly, and it's like Instagram, but secret Instagram, basically. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying with the younger younger kids who don't want their parents to see it and stuff. Like that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Twitter is definitely number one for me. Yeah, and but even that, like, I love Twitter too. Yeah, I don't tweet very often. I'm mostly on there for. All of my sports stuff, and mm-hmm. I actually don't even follow like half of my friends on Twitter. I literally just follow all sports stuff. So, <laughs> what's your uh, Twitter handle for our listeners? Uh, for me, it's at Eric nine one two nine DFS. All right. What's your um your your podcast handle? Do you know that for the uh, podcast? My I believe it's SWS DFS. I'd have to check it. Mike set up the Twitter and all this stuff. We're gonna have to change that. Mike set up the Twitter and all this uh, very prematurely. Yeah. From like the aspect of I'm sitting at work and I get a text message. It's like, hey, we have a Twitter account. And I was like, wait, what? Like we were just talking about like if you even wanted to do this podcast and there's already a Twitter made. Well, hey, Mike's good with that stuff because Split6 has a Twitter that I don't know the password to that Brian. You follow us. No, we follow you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm not that big into that stuff. But um... Mike's all about that stuff. So I'm sure he'll be on top of it. Yeah. All right, so um, before we move on to Eric's show that we're not going to have that much time to talk about, I just want to say Orange is the New Black Season 6 just came out on Netflix. I watched the first episode yesterday, and the intro to that episode was so cool. So go check it out. If you if you don't watch the show, it's a great show. Go watch it. Eric, I know you... Has it been good all the way through? I thought I heard some people before say it kind of had like a down season a little bit. It's down season or two. They weren't that down. Okay. Like, there's, like, this little part, like, season two or three where it's, like, maybe not as good, but, my God, has it been stepping up lately. And shows don't normally do that later in seasons. Anyways, what did you want to talk about? Oh, just, uh, I heard uh, the podcast last week, and Mike was talking about Big Brother, so it kind of got me thinking, like, I don't know what channel that show's on, but it felt like one of those MTV reality shows. The classic real-world road rules stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And uh, have you ever watched The Challenge? Is it Real World Road Rules Challenge? No, like the show's called The Challenge. Is it on MTV? Yeah. You think it's a branch off of that? Uh, I have no idea. Basically, there's all these contestants. They get like a lot of the same people that are on like multiple seasons. Every season has like a certain theme to it pretty much. Okay. Is and it- they go through all these like competitions. And if you win it, you can like win an immunity. And if you come in last, you get put into elimination against someone that's voted in. Yeah, dude, this is just like Real World Road Rules The Challenge. You remember that show? No, I never watched it. I didn't start watching this until, like many shows, Caitlin start like watched it all the time, uh-huh. and I would get home from work or whatever, and it'd be on. I'd start watching it, and like Nets say, you know, I'm asking questions about like the <laughs> contestants and stuff, and so yeah. Uh, let me try to do this as fast as possible. There was the show Real World. You used to watch that before, back right? No, Real World. All right, so it was two shows on MTV: Real World and Road Rules. Road Rules was a little bit more intense than Real World. Real World, which is about being dramatic in a house, but then every season they would have this one show called Real World Road Rules Challenge, and they would just like 
do what I'm guessing what this show is. Yeah, it sounds like it might be what's, something. So what's the show? What's the context of it? You, like you said, get immunity. What, just yeah, try to like, be the last one surviving. They'll do like a bunch of like physical competitions or like puzzles or something. And whoever does it the best, it's immunity. The worst, it's put in. And then like they'll vote people in against the worst person to eliminate it off the show. And they're also have to live in the house together. Yeah, right? they're all living together and they're competing for some yeah. huge prize. Like the one going on right now is... Uh, they had like a trilogy of challenges, like all certain themes with a lot of the same uh-huh. people. And like this one's for like a million dollars or something crazy because it's okay. the finale of it. And is there like only a couple of people left? Uh, no, it just started uh, two or three weeks ago. Oh, really? There's only been like two groups that went home. There's like a ton of them on there. Like uh, this one's interesting because uh, it's the last season. So like this one, they're all with a partner. And they partnered everyone with someone they've had like major conflicts or problems with <laughs> in previous shows. That'd be so great. it's all these groups of two people that just like hate each other for various reasons. Yeah. And they have to like learn to work together, but like they're trying to make alliances with these other groups. And like one of them might be cool with some person, but then their two partners hate each other. So they like refuse to work together. So <laughs> it definitely adds like a lot of drama to the show. You know, they vet this out probably so good, but. We could literally just do this with our friend group, and it would be just classic TV. I mean, oh yeah, on. absolutely. I have no doubt about <laughs> we need it. We just we you know what? we love circle assemble. Let's make a reality TV show and somehow get funding. Fear number three. How the president grabbed me. Hey, how do you like that Mel drop? By the way, was was you listening last week? The first time you heard that was that the first week you had it. No, I've had it every week. Oh, all right. As I was going to say, admittingly, uh, I'm not as into podcasts as uh, you and Mike are. Yeah. So I've listened to some of them, but I'm not a I'm not an every week listener usually. But I will admit, I uh, enjoyed last week quite a bit, and now being on here, I'll probably definitely be listening a lot more <laughs> moving forward. Well, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Tell all your friends, you know, split six. And if you could, if you guys, I, I don't think you can because my microphones only go one way for recording. But if you can hear my fucking dogs over there. Hashtag don't get dogs. Dogs are the worst. Yeah, you agree with me? Like, are you ever going to get dogs again? Absolutely not. Cheers. I mean, they really are just such a pain. Like, my dogs are more maintenance than my child is sometimes. Like, if I'm going out to do something, right? Like, my kid's going with me because we're going as, like, a family. And then it's like, oh. kid's not going to kill something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, at least that's the concerns I have. (laughs) I don't have those concerns, but, like, I get back and, like, like, oh, we got to go let the dogs out before we go do this other thing. And then we go back and one of my dogs ate the armrest on my couch. <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't there that day that uh, that got discovered, Caitlin was, because I would not have been responsible for any of my actions after that. <laughs> and I probably would have been very ashamed of them. See, you want to know the fucked up thing about dogs is like my concerns with dogs and your concerns with dogs are so different and yet they're they both so suck. valid. They both suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, shout out to John Church, uh, former member on the podcast, for taking care of my dogs this week. And I cannot thank you enough, man. Like, one of my dogs just says, like, massive anxiety. Like, I come home from work. He saw me, like, seven hours prior. And he literally acts like he hasn't seen me in, like, six months and just loses his <laughs> mind. I mean, you've seen him. He's nuts. Yeah, Loki? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. absolutely insane. They shouldn't have named after an evil villain. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Anyways, on to politics. Eric. Before we dive into uh, some Donald Trump shit, um, let's talk about LeBron James School. Oh, okay. We're going to do that here? Yeah. Uh, so it's for at-risk kids, you said, right? Yeah. Uh, what, is per- that, what does that mean? Uh, 
I'm not sure what exactly classifies that risk. I know it mentioned a, like a lot of lower income families where yeah. like the parents are really struggling to make ends meet. And it's it's based in Akron. Yes, it okay. is. But like uh, LeBron James grew up without a father. Uh, it's pretty publicly stated. Um, he didn't grow up in like the best neighborhood or anything like that. I mean, obviously, I'm sure basketball helped keep him quite a bit on yeah. track. But he basically set up a school. That's to try to help people who are in his situation, who, you know, aren't going to be the number one draft pick in the NBA. Right. And uh, what they do that I thought was pretty cool is it's like an extended school year. Mm-hmm. So they go more a little bit more year round. So obviously it's meant to give them less time to be like getting in trouble off in the summertime and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they got a lot of programs that are like set up specifically to deal with issues that like some of these more at risk uh, children or families might go through. Like, uh, being that they have a hard time making ends meet, there's actually a food bank at the school I was reading uh-huh. in which, like, any parent at the school can get food and stuff to cook at home. And then uh, one of the other cool things I read about is uh, apparently LeBron James said, like, a thing that helped him growing up was his bike. His he used to always just, like, ride his bike and just get yeah. as far away from, like, the bad areas as he could. So I was reading every single student that goes to the school gets a bike when they show up. Oh, that's fucking sick. Yeah, because that was like... What the, is it? Like, uh, what are the... What are the what grades is it? Is it high school? That, I'm not exactly sure. I didn't okay. get a ton of chance to read into it, but I just thought that was awesome that, like, that was the thing that helped him out. So, literally, everyone who goes there gets a bite now. And apparently, know, he's been working on this for, like, years. And uh, tomorrow was the first day of school for them. It really speaks to the greatness that is LeBron James, and especially him with his, like... All right, so you want to you? There's two two players that are in competition for greatest of all time, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Unless you want to put Kobe in there, but come on. But like, yeah, like not even talking about basketball though. Like, you, you can have whatever opinion you want of LeBron James mm-hmm. on the basketball court, but like in a day of age of like you see all these terrible things that are coming out of pro athletes, like the tweets and all that stuff we were talking uh-huh. about, and like. He's been in the lead since I think 03 now, so like 15 years, and I can't remember one negative story that's ever came out about him off the court, and it's all just all these projects he does, and like, mm. I mean, obviously we don't know him on like a personal level, and like he could be doing all this for publicity and everything, but like it really does seem like he's a pretty genuine person who like wants to try to have a large impact on right. the world. I mean, he married his high school sweetheart. Like, I I doubt that he is someone that's just in this for money you know this is super important and this is what i was trying to say when i was getting to the greatest of all time argument because this is another thing to put into him compared comparatively to michael jordan who famously had said he would he refused to endorse um this uh black person running for i think mayor of chicago or something to do with chicago because he said this famous line republicans buy sneakers too where you have LeBron James coming out and speaking against... I've heard MJ's kind of an asshole. Yeah, MJ is an asshole, and he definitely is. And he sucks at uh, fucking running an NBA franchise, too. Um, Yeah, I don't know what they're doing down there. (laughs) Um, But uh, LeBron James, he's always been outspoken about... You know, he's never been too political, but whenever there's something that's socially unjust, he's going to speak out against yeah, it. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not afraid to express exactly how he feels about the situation. Right. And you don't get people in that position very often who are mm-hmm. that vocal. And I think even if you're Democrat or Republican, I, I this is the, one of the biggest things that I don't understand about this country is most of us have these liberal social values in terms of gay marriage, in terms of... Um, like abortions and in terms of you know like the the more socially 
influence part of it. Like we're we most of us can't agree with that. And like it, the other stuff, you can throw down the you. There's no proven way. I mean, I I believe my ways, you believe yours. But this is part of the thing that makes LeBron James so great. And and part of the problem in the country is he's doing this school and funding funding this education and making a safe place for these children when our government refuses to and won't. It, it, even though we have the means to. Oh, as far as for the uh, children are higher risk, quote unquote. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what his school has right. a criteria for. I imagine it's mostly low income mm. neighborhoods and stuff where crime rates are a little higher. Right. And, and the reason that they don't have that uh, tool, like the, these nice schools that LeBron James is building with these cool programs is because school funding is based upon property value. And that's not really fair in like for for the children. Yeah, and like LeBron James is insanely rich as he is. Like mm-hmm. he might be able to do one school like this, but it's not like he can do like the whole state of Ohio. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like this he said he's been working on this for literally years. So I imagine a lot of that was getting funding, getting support from people who are mm-hmm. in much higher positions than even he is, because yeah, pro athletes are unbelievably rich but in comparison to some of the businessmen and stuff like that they're not even close right yeah like if you, if you think of like the jeff bezos or warren buffett's of the world you know he's nothing compared to them and yeah. what, what are we we are nothing compared to lebron james yeah so. like the, you get these guys like uh like Derek jeter like mm-hmm. got dumped in baseball he's like oh i want to own my own team and like he had to get like a minority share and ownership to start off because mm-hmm. as rich as you think he is like he can't afford to do that. So, like, if they can't afford to do that, you can't expect them to start, like, a whole school system for an entire state. Like, that's a lot more <laughs> right. expensive. And when, and when I said, like, we are nothing to LeBron James, that's the thing that makes him different to Michael Jordan than me. I don't I don't think – I think that LeBron James could, could see us all as someone and does see us all as someone when Michael Jordan just thinks of us as money. Yeah, I think, uh, I think LeBron does a really good job at kind of looking at the bigger picture. Mm. Like – is basketball like his undeniable number one focus? Yeah, it is. But he also understands that there's a life after basketball. And I think um, he's kind of forming a picture of like what he wants to do kind of once he is done playing. And I feel like the school is kind of the start of like what you might see him get a lot more involved with once right. he's done. I mean, who knows what he wants to do? Cause I mean, he's already doing these humanitarian efforts, like in terms of whatnot, like, what if he wants to win a Nobel Peace Prize? You know, he could. It, He's it got might, the resources to do it. It might sound like completely crazy, and I'm not saying it'd be at any high level, but I could even see him getting involved in like politics and like his hometown or That'd that surrounding area. Like, he, I really could. Mm-hmm. And then he would get a lot of support and a lot of backlash because some people irrationally hate him. And I mean, like, if there's anything that we've definitely learned a couple of years ago, like, you don't necessarily have to have a career politician background to have an impact in politics so lebron versus brady 2040 <laughs> wouldn't that be a decision <laughs> that'd be uh that'd be wild i don't think it's ever that extreme but you never know uh, speaking of like future elections you're probably uh, a lot more spun up on this than i am is there like chatter of who might be in the next presidential election doing against trump uh, well there is chatter there's not official chatter i mean bernie sanders maybe uh, Elizabeth Warren, those are the hot names. Even Hillary Clinton's been mentioned, which I fucking hope not, because not that I wouldn't like her. She just can't win. She's impo- she couldn't beat fucking Donald Trump. There's no way she can win. 
I honestly feel like the the biggest mistake the Democrats did is they just put someone up who just wasn't likable. Yeah, and you know she is not even well. I guess that is exactly right. This like she was literally the most boring candidate in the yeah. world. Like just like straight up boring. There just wasn't a reason to like really like her, mm. especially in like an era of like a lot of people don't trust politicians. Right. So like just saying your policies and stuff maybe isn't really swinging votes, but if you're someone that's like truly likable, like it's mm. just a lot easier to get people behind you and like. She's just not, like you said, like, she's just not someone who really builds a ton of excitement. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, and I think that, I mean, I truly do believe that there is no one more qualified than her ever to run for president. But, you know, I, 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 I well, no, I don't, I don't understand how anyone could vote for Trump for, over her. And I know you did, but, <laughs> um, but in terms of 2020, uh, Sanders, the, I don't know. It's it's tough for my opinions with him because I'm scared that he can't. Elizabeth Warren would be great. Um, I imagine they're gonna put someone that fits that like likable builds excitement mm-hmm. role in there because they're not they're not gonna risk losing a second election in a row to Trump. Right, and I mean, and the thing is, like, I truly believe that they could now because I didn't think that we could lose a single election to Trump. And I wasn't even that concerned about it on election day. I mean, it was a big shock for a lot of people. Yeah, it was a shock for the the entire earth. Like, I remember I was still in the military at the time. And I'm sure you know, like, military, there was a lot of people who were Trump supporters from that yeah. demographic. And I remember, like, showing up to work and people, like, were, like, unbelievably surprised that he won. Like, people who genuinely supported him and voted for him, uh-huh. when he actually won, were, like, shell-shocked. Like, absolutely could not believe that it really happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, amazing win for you guys. For us, Melissa wore black for a month straight because of how sad she was. And that was a lot of people. I mean, it wasn't... So, um, like, let me ask you, like, seriously, how do you feel he's done, and is there anything redeemable about you voting for him because i find i struggle to find anything good that he's done i'll be honest like the whole twitter and behavior is the president has really been mm. offsetting for me yeah i don't um, I, the thing is i don't give a shit about that i care about the policies he's enacted no, and the people he's nominated for the supreme court justices no but like i really do care about the image part from the perspective of like i think the image of the president is like a huge thing oh okay. like i get upset even when people like I mean, now I've kind of become numb to it because of how this presidency's been. But yeah. as far as like making jokes about the president, I don't know. Maybe it's tied in the military background to me, but it's always mm-hmm. like, rather you like the person or not, like it's still the president of the United States. Like you should yeah. respect that position, even if you don't respect the person. So you felt that way under Obama too? Yeah, I've always felt like rather I completely disagree with what their policies are and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's still the president of the United States. Like you deserve respect for holding that title. I understand but it, that, but I, I, so. it's just like all these tweets and like all the public behavior and like mm-hmm. uh, how I believe you said it earlier, like just being really pro like confrontation and stuff like it, it really makes it hard for me to defend that like prestigious position that I've thought you mm-hmm. should always respect, even if you disagree with, because it's like he's not treating it like the prestigious position it should be. Yeah. And you know, like, I think I, I agree with uh, in terms of respecting people in power, but not when they blatantly won't respect, you know, you. And Trump himself has said he's not he's not like a president for everybody. He's a president for his base and for the Republican Party. Yeah, and that's not right. I mean, like, like you said with Obama, like, 
Did I agree with every policy Obama made in the world? No. Mm -hmm. Did I think Obama was a great person to like represent the United States of America to like the rest of the world? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like he was a super likable person. He never started like conflict out of his way with people or attacked people through Twitter and stuff. Like he, I feel like he represented the U.S. really well. Mm. And in my opinion, like representing the U.S. is almost just as big of a role as what what you're trying to do. Because it gets harder to work with other countries, too, if like they just don't take you seriously on things. Right. Well, uh, so, I mean, Trump, he's working with some off, off-putting countries in terms of what our normal alliances are. Um so like is in terms of well I guess Ch- I was, him and China are fighting, but in terms of Russia and Vladimir Putin more specifically. Yeah, I was actually reading about Russia today. Um, I don't know if this is where you're going with it. And as Go I ahead. told you, no. I uh, took some notes on the article I was reading earlier of stuff I wanted to bring up. I can't remember. It was a senator. It was a female. I believe it was from Missouri. Mm-hmm. That there was a I can't think of her name, but it was the uh, senator from Missouri. Okay. And she's going for her re-election. She was starting her campaign now. Is up. she a Democrat or Republican? She was a Democrat. Okay. And basically there was reports coming out that Russia was trying to interfere with her election. Oh, and yeah. And what yeah, the reports are basically this. saying is like the main focus has been like the presidential election and everything with Russia. But like there's reports coming out that like Russia is basically trying to influence like every election for like every position there is in the U.S. Basically only to cause chaos and stuff. Yeah, and like like you're saying like she was negatively influencing her election, right? Yeah, but it wasn't um it wasn't even so much talking about like how they were like affecting her. Like she was not gonna quote it, so I don't remember the exact words, but saying yeah. like I won't be intimidated by Russia trying to mess yeah, with this. I did, I did hear about that. It was more just bringing light in general to the fact that like Russia's just trying to tamper with like all of these different elections for the pure purpose of like kind of causing chaos in all of the US's political mm. system. Right. Well, I think it's important to know, rather than just pure chaos, they are trying to push the Republican agenda. And I think that it's important to ask Republicans how they feel about that. And like, what what do you think that means? I don't feel comfortable with any country uh, trying to influence our political agenda whatsoever, because mm-hmm. no country is doing that unless they have an endgame. And like they're doing it for some very specific reason that's going to benefit them. Yeah. And if they're being shady with elections and stuff, then that probably means that endgame's not good for the U.S. as a whole. Right. I mean, like, honestly, I mean, and I don't mean this in slight, but it just needs to be pointed out. Who do you think is smarter and more adept to run a country, Vladimir Putin or Donald Trump? Well, I don't. Well, I would say Putin. Right. I would also say people who hate him i don't think they question his like ability to function a government he uses some terrible means but like oh yeah hate him or however he does things like he knows what he's doing like every move he mm-hmm. makes is very calculated and it's being done for a reason right i mean there is there's reports out there that he is probably the richest person in the world not that his like bank statements or whatnot can be uh traced to that but he's got friends that hold his money you know i guess theoretically but you know, he's not assets that can't be traced pretty much. Right. You know, and that wouldn't surprise me at he, all. He came, he came to power by like corrupting someone else's campaign, I believe. And I don't quote me on it, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm he's, he's not shady, too spun up on that either. He's a shady gangster. He's straight up a gangster. Like, I mean, Russia, I mean, there, I guess there could be chances that these coincidences didn't happen from 
uh, the Kremlin, but you know what I kind of want to ask you, like about where you're going, like okay. the investigation and everything. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was reading all this stuff at work. Because mainly, I knew you're a little bit more spun up on politics than me, so I kind of wanted to be prepared. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what just amazed me is like the investigation of all this stuff that happened with the election and stuff. Okay. Like obviously, I know there's a process, and it has to go through many, many different steps. Yeah. But like. How has this not been expedited? Well, do you know... How I, like, lo- the presidency is, like, literally almost half over. Well, do you, I think Watergate took, like, four years to come to a conclusion. Like, and, you know, Robert Mueller... Or Mueller, I'm sorry. I don't know what... Mueller? Mueller. Um, <laughs> I, 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 he's, he's a Republican, too. So I'm not, like, totally on board with him. You know, he, I think he's going to take every precaution because... Well, you guys, like, I, I'm saying I, no, you guys, because I, I know you're Republican, but you guys have complete control of everything right well, now. Well, I do think it's good to have a Republican leading the investigation stuff. Oh, yeah. It's good because if Trump because, fires him, then also, come if on. <laughs> also, I feel like there would be a little bit of conflict of interest having the other political party because they would look for every mm. single thing they possibly could that dragged it through the mud. Yeah, I Not agree. that it needs it at this point. With how things have gone. But, like, even with uh, like what you're saying, it took four years. Um, my point is, like, I understand it's a process, but, like, this has to get done quicker. Well, I, I think they have to walk on eggshells because well, that's what Trump, I'm Trump holds all the power. Well, no, that's what and I'm saying. And if he gets, like, like hold on. I'm, I'll let you speak. I'll let you speak, oh, I'll let you speak Taylor. I'll let you speak, <laughs> right, Taylor. Right. Just Beyonce. I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, if, if Trump can pass Brett Kavanaugh before... The reason he nominated Brett Kavanaugh, at least in my opinion, because Brett Kavanaugh has said in the past that he doesn't think a president can be under political investigation. He thinks that's unlawful. And, you know, that's why he picked him when Mitch McConnell, the um, head of head of the uh, or head of the Senate. What do they call it? Senate Majority Leader. Senate Majority Leader has said that Brett Kavanaugh would be the worst person to pick because it would take the longest to confirm him. Yeah, but uh, I wasn't necessarily talking about, like, this exact situation. I'm talking, like, in general, especially in light of how this is all gone. I feel like once this is all over, like, moving forward, like, we got to figure something out where, like, Mm. if something like this happens where there's a president being investigated, like, there just has to be a way to make this happen faster. Yeah. Because, like, I just, there's no way, like, what happens if he serves, like, his entire term as president? And then it's, like, fully comes out that, like, everything was, like, that he's being accused of is true. Gosh, you know what I'm I would hope his Supreme Court nominations get revoked. That's what I would hope as a as a Democrat. Because, but just think of how many like years that sets our country yeah, back. At no, that you're point. right. Like, it, there just has to be a way that we can get through this process faster than it is. I get why it's taken so long. I just feel like once this is all over, we as a country kind of need to like look back and evaluate like what can we do better. Eric, uh, I think there is a way. Um, do you believe Donald Trump was influenced by the Russians or the Russians have stuff on him? I don't know if it they... seems it seems to me like all the signs are pointing to it's uh very very probable that it does. Like at least it's at least it warrants further investigation, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely warrants further investigation. Okay. I don't know if I believe like they have something on him like yeah. blackmail aspect or if it's mm. more like Trump was looking for support to try to win an election and uh-huh. Russia felt way better about him winning the election than anyone else. So that support was given. Well, let me tell you what we could do right now. What we could do, we could subpoena with the Senate, subpoena Trump's t- 
tax forms that he didn't release. First president ever to not release their tax forms. We could see if he has any business dealings in Russia, which he claims he doesn't. And if we turn out he does, maybe we can steam up the investigation and maybe steam up the impeachment process. And the you know, impeaching Donald Trump, it's not like people think it's a big deal. It's not that big of a deal because you guys are still in control in terms of Republicans. Like you yeah. still have John McCain there and you still have uh what's fucking Paul Ryan to back him up. So like we could easily... I think it's a I think it's a bigger deal, not from control perspective, but mm-hmm. more of just like public image perspective yeah. like the rest of the world it's 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 a it's a big deal for the 2020 election or 2018 elections this coming up where republicans are at risk of losing the house and senate How? which they have complete control of and they haven't done shit with other than pass a bunch of tax breaks for the rich but like to answer your question about like the tax returns and stuff like that's kind of what i was getting to as far as like um at the process mm-hmm. is like yeah stuff like that should be forced out because like all right, if it is all true, obviously mm. you want to know so we can get everything fixed. Yeah. Or if it's not true, then we don't need to be wasting all of this time exactly. and energy into it. Like, just prove it's not true, get it out there, and then we'll move on. So why don't you think, because the Republicans know this and they control everything, and there would be not a single Democrat that would be against this bill. Why do you think they haven't done it yet? As far as the Republicans wanting it to happen? Yeah. Um, like, the Republicans that are in Congress, they could put forth put forth this bill to make to subpoena trump's tax i mean i hate to say it but it's just because it makes the republicans look bad exactly they they don't want to look bad it's like oh this politician did something really shady and it's not right she did exposed but exposing that makes me look bad when i'm going up for re-election and i think that's the problem you do run into with like career politicians and stuff like Mm. granted i do agree that most of them should have a career in politics because they're just much more experienced on how things actually work yeah but that's an issue you run into is rather they'll admit it or not, every move that they make the entire time they're in power is based off like, Getting is, re-elected. This, is this going to help me get reelected? So it's kind of like a, you get the good and the bad with the whole career politician mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, like, no, I've, I, I think I've, that's 100% why, though. I've, I've, uh, I've, that's been one of the points I've tried to make on this podcast before is a politician's job isn't to make the country better or to make... Uh, positive changes in the world. It is strictly to get reelected. Yeah, that is like, what their job is. That is where they make their money, and that is entirely what they are it's for. Literally, what gives them their house, their public platform, like mm. financial uh, benefits for their family. Like, right? It's a job to them. Like, if someone told me, "Hey, you got this job for four years. You can either." Try to do these things that make the job a lot better and then you lose your job after four years or you can go with what's being done and you'll actually have a job for the rest of your life supporting your family. Yeah, which um, is which is what that 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 speaks to the bigger question of what we need to do as a society. Maybe it'd be it'd be tough to get politicians to enact these laws or even people that aren't politicians because, you know, anyone that's ha- controls these jobs they have ulterior motors motives um but i think a big start of it would be campaign finance reform something i am the most passionate about like i don't think that it should be an even playing field i think the government should fund campaigns like 
so like our taxes go to campaign so everything right so everything's an even i don't know if i agree with the government funding um Mm. the government funding might be the only way you could actually level the playing field well yeah that's why i say it yeah um, i mean ideally there's some way where it's not government funded and somehow all is Mm. equal but you might be right from the aspect of like that's just not a reality coming from private money Right, like I like see. I think that's the big the big difference between Democrats and Republicans is Republicans don't want people to be forced to spend money on shit they don't want to spend money on in terms of taxes, and Democrats are like, okay, we don't either, but there's not really a realistic way to do it without doing it that way, and it's for the benefit of all, and it's not gonna hinder the people that it's taxing as much as uh, the Republicans make it out to be. Yeah, and that's probably one of the issues you and me. Uh, do differ the most on from that mm. perspective of like i'm more online like you said like don't want people tats for everything i'm one yeah. of those people that think like if you put yourself in a position to make that x amount of money like you you earned it like that's always in my line of thinking mm-hmm. um obviously there's benefits to both situations like i do think that but i do also see the benefits of like if you could level the playing field on something like that like would that be mm-hmm. worth it and it's like yeah it might be it's just the thing of like trying to get something passed like that. Like you want to get politicians to pass something to level the playing field when they know yeah, that having that money is what got them their position. Like they're not going to pass that ever. Yeah, it's going to take people like I mean, I truly like like Bernie Sanders or these other progressive candidates. I th- I, I the, the progressive candidates are going to I think make a mark on this election, and they might hurt the Democratic Party a little bit in terms of how far they could succeed but it's a worthy sacrifice because you need people that are going to do things that aren't self-fulfilling and even if they are self-fulfilling because they i'm sure bernie well bernie sanders is old as fuck so i'm sure he's just out and just like trying to do good now you know you can trust the old no that's the key is like the people who are so far in their career that they're not worried about re-election like they don't Mm -hmm. care if they get re-elected like they actually want to make like their mark and it's still for personal reasons like they just mm-hmm. want to be the person 40 years from now in a history book. It's yeah. like this person passed this. They want to uh, be remembered. Passed this that changed American history. Like mm-hmm. they're still doing it for personal reasons, but it might be more so to like actually like just get their claim to fame, helping the American people more so than like, oh, am I getting reelected? Right. Like I was listening to this podcast today talking about like other presidents and like where they thought like there were going to be big deals or like Lincoln was really big on wanting to be remembered. And that's why he was so polarizing. And like, you know, like in terms of Donald Trump, like 50 years from now, he's just going to be known as a crazy area in American he, politics. He will be very remembered. And, and the first president that like really learned how to communicate on Twitter to people. Like, cause you know, do you think Twitter's that'll, not going away? Do you think that'll be more popular moving forward? Oh yeah, like even not Donald Trump. Like say that's yeah. whoever the president is. Do you think you'll still have like that common of interaction? I I I do. Yeah, I think it's going to be important. And I mean, Isn't it crazy? you know, maybe maybe it's not even going to be the president that's tweeting it, but it's going to be his his campaign. Donald Trump changed the world in I think a really dark way, but a really important like, way. Imagine where, seeing like Bill Clinton. Because I'm thinking like kind of before social media, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. like Obama was around during social media, mm-hmm. but uh, and so was uh, George Bush yeah. or George W. Bush. But imagine like uh, like Bill Clinton and them like back then just tweeting. Like it's crazy <laughs> to even like try to imagine. Right. Imagine like any president you could think of, and they were they were at office for four or more years, and like 
you only can remember like one thing about them. You know, when was the last president to only have one term? I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, was it George H. W. Bush? Oh, we're out of time. We're out of time already. That went way faster than I thought it was going to go. That means it was a good episode, Eric. I hope so. First <laughs> time, I was a little nervous showing up, you know. All right, so one last time, let's hear your Twitter handle. All right, so uh, personal is going to be at Eric nine one two nine DFS, and then uh, for the podcast, it's going to be uh, debuting here. Hopefully, sometime late next week, it's at SWS DFS. All right, guys, you can find me at Nick Wagella on Twitter, at N Wagella on Instagram, and follow us on Facebook at Split Six Media. This has been the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. Thank you for splitting six with us, and remember that it is more important to listen to what somebody else is saying to you than it is for them to listen to you. Thanks.